All right, well, a day late, but uh, apologies on that end. Welcome back in another edition of the Damn Podcast. Brandon Sprague alongside Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. And uh, Angie, I think I need to take the fall on this one for being a day later than usual because uh, an unexpected thing happened at my work where we record the studio or in the studio. It's no problem. Hey, I mean, we're doing a Thursday morning. I got my coffee, my cold brew in hand. We're ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Recording this on a Thursday morning. We got all your damn questions. So thank you for uh, tweeting and sending those in at beaverblitz.com. Uh, we're going to get to those, but I kind of want to get to, I, I want to get to um, the freshman. I think the freshman angle is very interesting for Oregon State. Cause last week we talked about the offensive line. We've talked about the defense a little bit, the running back depth, Luton, et cetera. I want to get to the freshmen, and I have to fully admit something here, Angie. I'm not able to get to practices. They literally happen during my radio show. So all I can do is is visit your site and read. I read Gina's work. Like All I can do is try to keep up that way. And I don't know many freshmen outside of two names, Isaiah Hodgins and Calvin Tyler, in terms of players that may play this year and make an impact. So I kind of want to have listeners be filled in on on this area because I think that's a pretty big one for some of the diehard fans out there. So let's get into some of the freshmen. What's another name outside of those two that you've been hearing a lot about? So there's actually five uh, freshmen, true freshmen that uh, look that Coach Anderson has talked about that we've seen in action. Besides Isaiah Hodgins and Calvin Tyler, who we can talk about in a little more depth, David Morris is probably the big one to talk about here. He's a local kid from Sherwood, safety. Isaiah Dunn, the cornerback from the Bay Area. And then Kessie Ahoy, another linebacker from Hawaii. All five of those guys Anderson has named as not redshirting and uh, will be suiting up this fall. Is there any of them, um, just your, your two cents on it, because you know, I think it's always interesting to do this, is there any that stick out to you that surprise you they're not going to redshirt? Even if they are ready to play, are you surprised any of them, uh, is there any one of them, I should say, you're surprised aren't going to redshirt? You know, Calvin Tyler, actually, just because of the depth at running back, you know, we talked about it last week, just how many, how many pieces the Beavers have um, at running back, but this is... This is a kid that Coach Anderson named on the very first day of practice as jumping off the field at him. So um, I, I figure Oregon State is going to figure out a way to use, you know, not only Ryan Nall, Art Pierce, and uh, uh, Thomas Tyner, but now Calvin Tyler as well. Well, and that I think that's a fascinating thing to continue to watch, which, by the way, uh, we couldn't get Jason Phillips for our podcast. Like, time-wise, it didn't work out. I had him on my radio show. I'll put the interview at the end of the podcast. Uh, Jason Phillips is the passing game coordinator, and he was really fun to talk to. He kept mentioning Tyler's name, Angie, and, and I found that interesting because if you add Tyler with the other three names you named, there's four, and then you still have Trey Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... It is a loaded, loaded group. What are you seeing from Tyler that sticks out to you? You know, he, he plays very um, mature for, for his age. And, you know, he's, he's fast. He has good speed. He has good vision. And I think the vision is probably the biggest thing that stepped out or stood out to me. He's, they've also been using him in the return game some. And uh, he can actually catch some passes out of the backfield, too. So, um, you know, very, very ready to play. Um, compared to a lot of freshmen that, you know, come through and, you know, step onto the uh, Division One football field for the first time. Well, I think the benefit he'll have, too, is the fact that they're not going to expect him to go out right away game one at Colorado State. It's already sold out. They're not going to expect him to go out there and make all these all-world plays, right? He's, he's fourth on the depth chart. Maybe he's fifth, depending on how the coaches view it at that point. 
He's not. He's not going to have the pressure. Versus exactly, the the pressure's not there. Yes, you know he can he can grow into the position and he can really kind of go out and just have fun with it. Well, and I think that's going to help him a lot too because anytime you put a freshman out there, there's always that wide eyed feeling of oh my gosh, there's a lot of people here. I've never played in front of this many. Versus the other side, you look at Isaiah Hodgins who is already named as a starting wide receiver. And I know he was the four-star kid that they landed, but I still wonder like where he's at right now in terms of being ready to be out there and be a playmaker from the opening snap. You know, with, with Isaiah, it's, it's interesting because you, know, you, you talk to Isaiah and he's mature beyond his years. I mean, and I've, I haven't spoken to Tyler yet. The, the true freshmen are off limits, but since Hodgins came in early and has done his media training, he can speak to the media. And, and you talk to him and he's, he sounds like a seasoned vet, right? I mean, he's, he gives all the good answers. He, um, you know, has coach speak nailed down basically, but, um, you know, I, he seems very calm and collected. So I don't think, uh, he's going to be as wide eyed as, as some people think. And, uh, you know, also you look at being there for spring. It's not like the, the speed of the game is, is not going to be a surprise to him. He's, he's been here through spring, now through fall, has been working with the, with the quarterbacks and other receivers all summer. I, I really do expect him to make a, a pretty seamless transition onto the field. Is he going to be what, – what kind of speed does that kid have? I never really was able to – and this is just sheer laziness on my part. I never really looked up what kind of speed he has. Is he more of a possession receiver or he, can he stretch the field out? He's not going to be your burner. Gotcha. He's not slow, but he's not a, a burner. He has great possession receiver, um, great hands, and runs amazingly solid routes. Which is going to be, I think, um, something very interesting to watch for somebody like Luton of having not only big wide receivers starting with Villeman, Collins, and now Hodgins, but just how the dynamic works in terms of what they do. Like is Villeman, I'd imagine Villeman who has pretty decent speed, stretches the field with his size. You get some jump ball situations. Collins showed what he was able to do last year, and now you bring in a 6'4 big body who is you know, having a good camp, shown that he's got good hands and ready to go out there. I'm very interested to see how that dynamic is going to play out for Jake Luton. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting to me is you put by putting Seth Collins in the slot, you know, Oregon State's going to have to combat, especially early on, teams loading the box and trying to stop the run in Ryan Null. So, um, you know, that right there with the athleticism of Collins, you put him in the slot and put, you know, have him go over the middle. It's, it's going to create some interesting, interesting matchups because you just get the ball in his hands, even if it's a short little, you know, screen in the middle of the field, let him do the work after that. Um, it's intriguing. I mean, it's totally intriguing. And then you have, you know, Villeman and Hodgins who, you know, Villeman's, I, I hope we see Villeman be a lot more physical at the line of scrimmage, but, um, you know, because he doesn't have that huge speed either, but you get him in separation. I love the matchup with him and, you know, a corner or safety. Well, and I, I think the other dynamic part of it, of the offense that excites me, and you'll hear this from Phillips later on, but I, I can't help but almost get giddy thinking about what you just said there with Collins. Hopefully Villeman has his turnaround season. This is his NFL season. This is, you want a shot at that thing, man. You have the body for it. You just need to go out there and make the plays and not have the drops. Hopefully he turns it around and Hodgins does what, you know, a good freshman can do. You add that to it. And then let's not forget that they kind of are adding that air raid element, right? So that means the Nalls, the Tyners, the... The Calvin, uh, the, the the Tyners, the Tylers, the Pierces, that's another added weapon for them in the passing game now. And I think it's going to spread it out even more. Exactly, exactly. And 
um, you know, it, it's just, yeah, Tyler and Tyner. You're not, I, I get those two. I have to do I know, double I, takes I, every time I see it. I said but, it and I'm like, did I say Tyler or yeah. Tyner there? So I redid it. <laughs> And then without the Isaiahs, but something that kind of gets overlooked, I think, in all this, because it's exciting to look at these freshmen, but the thing that kind of stands out for me, and that's because I, I do recruiting and I talk recruiting all the time, is from a recruiting element, for these coaches to be able to really say, hey, we have five true freshmen that are, are going to be suiting up for us. When we say that you know, a true freshman has the opportunity to come in and compete, we mean it. I and think, that's huge on the recruiting trail. Yeah, uh, well, and I, I think well, I think that's a good point. But the other name that uh, the other name that I'm getting excited to see play since we know he's not redshirting now, and his name for whatever reason I I can't really pinpoint why, but his name reminds me of Ryan Nall. You remember when Ryan Nall came here and Riley like Riley dropped his name 80 different times in that recruiting conference. You remember that? He did. He did. He like, did. All he's Ryan Nall, Ryan Nall, Ryan Nall. And I said, "Okay, I can't wait to see this kid play." Well, lo and behold, he's a stud. I think David Morris has a lot of that. I saw so much, you know, I saw a lot of tweets from you, the the Blitz account. I saw a lot of David Morris tweets on the recruiting trail and Gary Anderson going to those games and the staff being at those games. And then he comes into camp and you're hearing it again. It's David Morris, David Morris, David Morris. He's not redshirting. He's got a chance at safety now to to show what he's got. I think he's he's a lot like Ryan Nall in the sense of he's been talked about so often and people have, have discussed and opened up how good he's been in camp that it leaves me even more excited to see him play when the season gets going. Yeah, and, and you know, that safety, you know, he didn't have the luxury of, like, a, Isaiah Hodgins of coming in early and playing in the spring. But, you know, here's a guy, and I, I think he gets talked about, A, he's a four-star, but he's an in-state kid. So a lot of local Beaver fans have heard his name for years or watched him at, at Sherwood. Um but he has been right in the mix at safety. So, you know, Brandon Arnold has one side, but there's a, a pretty good battle going on with Landry Payne and um, Jalen Moore mm-hmm. with with David Morris. So those three guys are really battling it out. I, I like what Jalen Moore brings. Um, I think he showed some, some good stuff, but... You know, I, I worry about Jalen just because he's either, you know, he, he might go flying in and make a ginormous tackle, but I worry about, you know, head injuries with him, to be honest. Yeah, the way <laughs> he's, he's just constantly. like wild. Yeah, he's he will tackle with reckless abandon. Um, but then, you know, David is a true freshman, so it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, develops when he gets his reps. And, uh, you know, the the mental side of the game is where I, I, I see that, possibly those younger guys at safety have the issue because they all want to just go out and make a play, but it's the discipline safeties that usually see the, the greatest success. How often, this is top of your head stuff, so maybe you're able to to pinpoint this. How often did they rotate with safety last year, though? Like you're, if you're naming three names at the other safety position, like if it's Jalen Moore that starts, which I actually would expect Jalen Moore to be the starter, um, you know, is Morris a kid we can actually count on seeing? Well, I'm, I, yeah, top of my head, I mean, you know, Devin Chappelle played most rest, but, I mean, Coach Clune's defense, I mean, he's rotating guys all over the place. They're going nickel-dime package. They're, um, you know, I, I'm sure they will get the packages ready to go. They, 
I don't know off the top of my head how often they they did rotate in, but well, I was just it curious, seems like, like there's different packages in all the time with defense. I, I was, mean, yeah. watching practice, it's impossible to even really tell the ones and twos because there's so many different packages going in. Well, I guess I, I I more meant like not a percentage or exact plays, but I just more how often did it feel like they would rotate at that position specifically? Like if it's quite often, and I know they have the different packages. Just yeah, I, think I just want to know if we'll see quite him. a bit though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know I, I'm sure we will see David Morris you know playing this this season. I guess that's my whole thing is I just want to know if we'll see him. You know. Yes. Yeah, we will see him. And I guess I guess you know what it may be an idiotic question for me to even ask because if he's not redshirting, clearly. Gary Anderson has some need for him. Yeah, oh, definitely. So. They, you know, you don't want to waste a red shirt necessarily, but um, if, if they can help the team. And, and I think the biggest thing with him is I think a lot of people going into the season felt that David would probably play you know, on special teams. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and I do see that happening, but I think we see him playing defense as well. Which I'm okay with. You know, give the kids some reps on special teams. And just plug him in a little bit here and there. Let him get that game experience. I'm a okay with that. Which of the which of the true freshmen that don't redshirt? You know, we didn't even get into Kessie Ahoy. Which of the true freshmen to you makes the biggest impact for them? Hodgins, definitely Hodgins. Because he's a starter, or he's a starter, and and at a position that you know they really want to focus on this year. You know, with receiver and the passing game. So I. I think he could make the biggest, you know, biggest impact as as a true freshman. Yeah, I I think Beaver fan or they hear that and they go, God, I hope so. I hope Angie's right because <laughs> that was yeah, such, that was I mean, such a weakness for him last year. It was huge, you know. And um, what I worry a little bit about on the on the receiver side is just the speed. Um, I know they have guys that are fast, um, but. You know, none of those guys, Seth Collins is fast, but, you know, just looking at those three starters, there's no one that jumps right off if I'm a opposing coach and says, oh my gosh, how am I going to contain that guy? Mm-hmm. But I think with the weapons that they have, with the running backs, with, you know, all three weapons, and then, you know, the biggest one is, and we always kind of overlook him as Noah Togiai at tight end. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some other guys now that the defenses are going to have to, to guard against that... Um, will hopefully open it, open up the passing game. Yeah, and I just hope Togi is able to stay healthy because you, you and I are in complete agreement with this, and I think a lot of Beaver fan, you know, follows this program closely, understands it too. Losing him was that was huge. That that may have been able to. That turn, might have been one or two wins. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like that might have turned around confidence for McMarion or or Garrettson where. You can't. You don't have the time to go down 15 yards to a receiver, which was the case for them for most of the season. So you check down five or six yards to a togi. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, and losing him that is just so brutal. Uh, I want to get to some recruiting stuff. <clears throat> uh, you, by the way, I really enjoyed the uh, the interview with Cami Delp, the offensive line on the progression that, on your website at uh, yeah. Beaver Blitz. I yeah, thought, I thought that was it's- really good. It, it's fun to see Cammy. I, I know Cammy was one of these guys that, you know, highly recruited, highly ranked linemen. You know, he played both sides of the line when he was being recruited. And to see, you know, and, and Beaver fan, it seems like every year, how's Cammy dealt? How's Cammy dealt? And I, I don't know if it's just more of a maturation of him and, and you know, him getting it, but he's really kind of come into his own now and, um, you know, is, is right in the mix there to play guard. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see when they announce that the starting lineup, like if he's able to jump any of them or if he is the one that's the next man up. And, and you know, that's kind of the fun, I think, at Beaver Blitz. If you're not checking us out, we've, we've made a lot of, of our content this fall, you know, available for everyone to, to look at. And, um, 
you know, a lot of places will give you soundbite interviews and little clips. And I, I, there's a total place for those. But for the fans that really want to kind of get to know some of these players and kind of see their mannerisms and see how they are, um, you know, Amy's been doing a good job. They're just, you know, quick two-minute interviews. But you, you kind of get a feel for how the player is and, and uh, kind of what they're thinking. And, and Cammy obviously is a happy guy. He's excited for the season. So uh, make sure to check some of those videos out. Absolutely. All right, let's get to uh, some recruiting, some pretty big recruiting news yesterday. It actually happened um, around the time we would have been recording the podcast. So it, it actually worked out because you were able to get some work done, make a couple phone calls, and uh, send that out to the masses. The Beavers land a three-star recruit tight end, Isaiah Smalls. What do we know about Isaiah Smalls? Isaiah, super nice kid. Yeah, it was. Um, he committed last night um, to Oregon State. And this was a kid who had 14, 15 offers, um, including, you know, Oregon. You know, Duck fans have kind of downplayed it. But, um, you know, as of two weeks ago, they were very high on, on Mr. Small. So Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, several, you know, several Pac-12 offers. So he's big, 6'4", 234 right now. Um, L.A. Dorsey is his high school. Um, plays tight end and defensive end for them. But uh, Oregon State likes him as a tight end. And super nice kid. I talked to him, and he loves the relationship that he has built with the coaching staff. Corey Hall is his lead recruiter. And, you know, he just said they're straight up. They're real dudes. These coaches are telling me, you know, um, not just what I want to hear. They're, they're being mm-hmm. straight up with me. And um, big, big time get. This is someone yeah. that Oregon State offered in May, during May evaluation period. And, um, you know, I talked to Greg Biggins, who, who has seen him several times and just, you know, says huge upside for this kid. And, uh, again, a great representative for the university and uh, exciting times. I mean, I, I, you don't want to downplay anything. And so, um, no. you know, it gives the Beaver some juice. There's a, a legitimate Pac-12 player. He's friends with Jeffrey Manning, a true uh, freshman DB mm-hmm. that's on the team. And, you know, that's actually kind of funny. And we were just talking about freshmen. And I asked him, I said, what has Jeffrey told you about, you know, Oregon State? Is he, does he like it so far? And he goes, oh, yeah, he loves it. He just tells me that it's hard. And uh, the speed of the game is something that he wasn't quite ready for, how much faster, you know, the speed of this game is up here or in in the Pac-12. And then another commit happened the day before. So it's been two busy days after kind of a a little slow summer. But Case Rogers, a running back wide receiver out of Lamar in Houston, Texas, committed now, I like his film as a wide receiver. He plays at Lamar, which um, I know everybody's hearing <clears throat> Rogers, Houston, and Lamar, and they're thinking immediately of James and Quiz. Um, <laughs> name is spelled different. Yeah. And um, Lamar, James and Quiz attend at Lamar Consolidated High School in uh, Rosenberg, Texas. It's about 30 miles away from Lamar High School in Houston. But Lamar in Houston is a 6A Texas program. And our Texas Midlands analyst actually just jumped on our site and has a really, really nice uh, analysis piece and breaks down Case's film and, and how he can help the Beavers and what he needs to work on uh, going forward. So that is for, for subscribers, but um, amazingly in-depth, and he's seen him play several times. It, is, is this something, Angie, that – because I know a lot of people right now in state, it's, it's pointing out where Oregon State is in rankings and the other school is in rankings – do you think this is kind of just their? This is going to be their approach to 2018. I know they want obviously the big names that they can they could possibly land as ba- as many as they can get, but is this going to be their approach slowly but surely build up their class? Not in this huge rush right now. I know they're out to a lot of kids, but eventually landing here and there a three star kid like Smalls. Maybe they surprise some with a four, get some twos and some more threes. Is this what it's going to be? Kind of a slow build process for the 2018 class. 
You know, first of all, this class is going to be really small. It's not going to be a, you know, 25, yeah, 26 yeah. person class. Yeah. I, I have heard 15, 16. Um, I'm thinking more around the 18 mark um, is kind of what we're looking at. So right now with eight commits, they're, you know, almost half full already. So um, what I do see, and it's not maybe not so much slow, but I see a lot of people, the, the top recruits that Oregon State is after, on the fence, kind of a wait and see, uh, let's see some wins. This, you know, this is, Coach Anderson has had time now to, to build this program. He's been telling people, selling his vision. Now these recruits are sitting back and saying, okay, is what he's selling, is it legit? You yeah. know, are they making strides? So some big wins early could really help the Beavers because they're still in it with some really top-notch players. You know, Isa Crocker, uh, Talanoa Hufanga, some, uh, you know, big-name guys. So uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, even though it's a smaller class, you land those two names. Holy crap, that changes the dynamic of everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you look at recruiting and, you know, some other programs are loading up their class. Yeah. And it, it's fine and they have some great players, but... There's still a lot of time left, and just because you have a, a class full of guys doesn't mean those guys aren't going to keep looking or the coaches aren't going to keep looking. Well, and, um, the high-pressure approach works for some. Others really get kind of turned off by it. Well, I think I think that's that's the important part, and it's almost something I should probably be bringing up on my radio show that I haven't yet because you just made me think of that is, yeah, bear in mind, the programs are also in two different situations like one program the pressure is on them in my opinion to do way more right than Oregon State in terms of fan expectation all that they're like rebuilding whereas Oregon State yes they had four wins as well and they're still kind of rebuilding but how many young players are playing for them this year right all those young freshmen all those sophomores kids that are getting reps within the program that you know the class is smaller that tells you all you need to know they don't have as many holes to fill Versus exactly. that other program's going for twenty plus. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I think that's 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 an important factor. I mean, last year they finished ahead of Washington, and you know we had uh, the fan base was texting into my show bragging about that. We we're better in Washington. He's only been here for a month. Like Washington took like fifteen kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or no, no Washington took like less than that. But like Washington had less recruits than the other class, and that's how these ratings can kind of get skewed. As if. Yeah, you have 23 versus you have 14. Like, clearly there's going to be a difference there. Yeah, no, no doubt oh. about it. And and like, and you hit the nail on the head a lot with, with the other program. It's, it's just the expectations. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of money being spent on, you know, they, they open the bank, the purse strings for those assistant coaches. And uh, there's going to be some expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And I, a lot of times when you get that many high-ranked recruits, you know, we're seeing it all over college football now. You know, the, if I'm not going to play, I'm moving. I'm, I'm going to, you oh, know, yeah. transfer kids, and move kids on. Kids don't want to wait. They don't want to wait. No. So, um, you know, that's and then you have to keep all those ego, egos in check. Well, I, I said this before. If you're if you're a top ten recruiting class, you better damn well finished in the top ten in that ranking at some point. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's exactly. going to matter. So, um, all right, good stuff on Isaiah Smalls. Beaverblitz.com is where you can find uh, more information on all recruiting matters with Beaver Blitz. And uh, Angie put up a post last night. They land a three star tight end, Isaiah Smalls. Pretty big get for Gary Anderson and company. Big news. Um, which is something I think Beaver fan was pretty happy about. All right, um, before we do the Jason Phillips interview, do we want to get some damn questions? I have a ton. Okay, well, let's get there, to them. There are a, quite a few, did, and there's some on Twitter as well. So okay. um, 
I, I grabbed some of those off Twitter and then Beaver Blitz. And people had a little extra time because we we are doing the podcast a day day later. But um, I'm going to jump on this one. Paramedic Paramedic Eric okay. asks, what is your biggest concern on offense and defense right now? Um, you know, this is going to sound crazy because I – I think the secondary might be their biggest concern. My biggest concern is, will they get to the quarterback? Will they tackle the freaking quarterback this year? Uh, I felt like too many times they just, they did not get, they didn't get enough pressure. And I want to see with an experienced defensive line mixed with an experienced linebacker core, some young studs, I want to see them get to the quarterback and bring his butt down. The DBs, clearly you're younger. You had to replace some really talented players. But I'm more concerned right now with their ability to get to the quarterback and put him on the ground. I think that has to be the biggest concern on defense, to be honest. I mean, besides the DBs, but um, that was such a struggle. And, you know, when I was in Bend last week, I, I did speak with Elu Iden And, what he, you know, it was interesting what he said because he said this is their second year now with Coach Kloon. And they know the system. And he said it, it seems so much easier now just because they're not thinking all the time. So hopefully that translates to uh, to getting the quarterback. It, it just makes me laugh talking about that because I'm helping out my, my nine-year-old who's playing fourth-grade tackle football this year. He asked me to help <laughs> with the little volunteer stations this week in conditioning. <laughs> so only mom on the field, right? Yeah. Only mom that's helping. But, um, yeah, I thought, oh, I'll be holding a uh, – a stopwatch. I'm totally going off on a tangent now, but it made yeah. me think of this. I think I'll tape, do 40s. I'll do shuttle runs. Oh no! All the dads are like running to those. Guess what I get? Guess. Just take a while. I get the pass rush station. <laughs> I am holding a freaking bag, teaching these guys how to. Um, I have to hit them a couple times, and then they have to run and, and sack the the bag quarterback. I hope you knock some of their those kids on their asses. Be like, get off of me, little man. Oh my gosh, I have blisters on my hands. I have a bruise. One little kid, man, dude, he popped hard. Yeah. But anyway, total tangent. But I'm teaching those fourth graders now how to, to stay low and tackle. It's It's been kind of comedy. But so um, I do agree. Offensively, for me, it's the O-line. And just can they, you know, can they open up some holes with the run game and, mm-hmm. and protect Luton in the pass game? Uh, I love that. The offensive line is no doubt going to be, it's got, it's going to be the biggest thing. I mean, the reality is if you can't protect the damn quarterback, we saw it last year, you know what happens. Uh, I'm going to go different though. I'll let you have the offensive line. I'll go wide receiver. It, it really is the simple. Is. Yeah. I mean, Hodgins is a freshman. All right. You're a four-star kid. Uh, I believe everybody and what they're saying about you being mature, showing great hands in practice, understanding the nuances of what that playbook is demanding of you. I love all that. I want to see it play out on the field. Uh, Jordan Villeman, I've said time and time again, this is a huge year for you individually, and you know that he is well aware of that. And then Seth Collins, who, you know, he, it was very unfortunate what happened to him last year. I was so impressed with his ability to not only make a mature decision and say, oh, I wanted to leave, but this is the best place for me. And coming back and willing to change positions and to go out there and produce the way that he did, um, I, I, I loved it. But I want to see it from the whole group. I don't want to see it from just one player. I want to see it from the whole group this year. So I'll let you out offensive line. I won't disagree with that at all, but uh, I will go wide receivers. Perfect. I, I like it. Um, let's see. Q Beaver on Beaver Blitz says, what would our offense look like if the coaches could describe their perfect offense besides, quote, balanced? 
Can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. I just got a text on my phone. Freaking oh, okay. interrupted me. What would our offense look like if the coaches could describe their perfect offense in something besides, quote, balanced? Ooh. Um, without using the word balanced. So you guys are going to find this out with Phillips because this is basically what I wanted to talk to him about. If the coaching staff, not to use the word balance, they would they would tell you they throw it 47% of the time. Okay, so they still run it more. They still run it more. Gary Anderson still wants to run more. He still believes in that brand of football, but he brought a guy in like Jason Phillips and him and Kevin McGiven and Coach Woods, they've all talked about it this offseason about knowing how bad they were. They were 10th last year in pass attempts. They were dead last in yards per attempt at 5.9 yards. You have got to be substantially better. If you want to make a bowl game with that schedule, you have to be improved in the pass game. They still believe in ground and pound, but there's a reason Jake Luton is the quarterback. I think you're going to see the tempo change, and uh, they're going to trust the quarterbacks more to sling it through the air versus limiting these kids because they don't feel as limited with who they have behind center. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree completely. And I can't wait to hear the, the Jason Phillips and um, that will be a fun, and, and, fun interview. And, and by the way, I, I really am. I apologize to listeners um, that Angie and I couldn't get him. It just, I guess he has coaches meetings during times of recording um, for, for our podcast. So I, we had an opportunity on the radio show. I said, you know what, let's just take it. I can put it in the podcast. Angie and me, again, we're working on having more guests this year. We're well aware, and uh, we're throwing out different ideas. If we end up schedule-wise not working out with some coaches from here uh, time to time, we're still thinking about having uh, other guests on the podcast as well. So uh, Yeah, and, and remember, Brandon, you guys can catch Brandon on 1080 The Fan. Uh, what is it, uh, t- noon to 3? Noon to 3, yeah. Monday through noon Friday, to noon to 3, yeah. So check it out because they do do some amazing, fun interviews and and some good stuff. Um, one more inter- or one or another Beaver Blitz question for yeah. you. And this is this is good. I, I think this is a good discussion and maybe one we can take on another podcast later on in the season. Uh, w Bosch fifteen on Beaver Blitz says, "What is the one area or one aspect of the program you see needs to be most improved to get OSU to that next level, like competing for a national championship?" And then, do you see the staff having a plan to get there? Ooh, uh, the national championship is tough. I love the next the next level. I, I like that. We're jumping from four win season <laughs> to the next level, which is national championship. <laughs> yeah, we we jumped a few stages, but you know what? <laughs> I like the cojones on uh, that question. Um, I don't know. We may differ here. The only thing that I've noticed, and I, I have voiced this opinion before, if they if they truly want to take that jump, Gary Anderson's goal right is to compete and win Pac twelve titles. If they want to take that jump. You have to develop quarterbacks. It really is that simple. I mean, go look at all these other programs outside of Alabama. All these programs, they develop quarterbacks really well. And for the most part, year three is going to be a big year for Gary Anderson and that staff because if Jake Luton ends up being kind of a bust, which I hope he's not, if that ends up happening, you have to question that. And to go from winning four games or even just six, if you want to go up to the 9-10 win plateau with a chance to go for 11 and maybe a Pac-12 title berth, I mean, you have to develop and and recruit the right quarterback for what your system is. So I actually think this year, this year, Angie, in my opinion, might be the biggest year of his coaching, his young coaching career at Oregon State. And this could impact, by the way, the next handful of years 
Because if they figure out their system correctly, I think they'll know what kind of quarterback precisely to be going after in the recruiting. They may have the next guy in Aiden Willard, right? But to recruit the right quarterback, you need to be able to 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 give the spiel of the right system. And for a long time, well, not a long time, I guess two years really, for two years now, they really haven't had that. We're run first offense. Well, now you have an air raid element that you can throw in and show to guys and say, hey, you're going to throw the ball a ton here. I think all of that is the most important, the quarterback position and what they're able to do with that in the future. I completely agree, and that's the one area that we've kind of seen. I mean, gosh, we've seen Nick Mitchell, Seth Collins, Daryl Gerritsen, Marcus McMarion, Connor Blount in you know, these three years. So yeah. um, it's, that needs to be figured out. And, you know, yeah, Alabama, I think that's the one program in the country that, like, five stars leave from, five-star quarterbacks. Well, they could, they could have a, an average quarterback, but because they have an NFL defense, like, it doesn't matter, you know? It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the one area that I, I – Truly, and I and I don't know the answer to this, and I don't know why it seems to be a struggle, is offensive line recruiting. You know, you have T.J. Woods, who has had great success at Wisconsin. Um, Coach Anderson played offensive line, mm-hmm. for, for goodness sakes. But it seems like Oregon State is, is struggling to land. And, and I'm not saying, I mean, you're not going to beat out a USC or a Stanford for top-notch offensive linemen, you know, those big four- and five-star guys. But Oregon State has struggled, and uh, I don't know – I don't know why. I don't know why they struggle to land offensive linemen. So I think that has to be, um, you know, my my issue, along with the quarterback. But um, the best quarterback in the world can't look like the best quarterback in the world if he does not have a line in front of him. It's so true. it's very true. That's you know that's the area that I think really kind of needs to be figured out and, and an answer found for 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 them to continue to get better. Yeah, no doubt. I completely agree with that too. And then we've had, I mean, great questions. Thank you to Trevor Fuzz. He had a Seth Collins question, but we kind of talked a lot about receivers. Yeah. Um, Mike P. At Mike P. Marshall on Twitter has a, does, you know, talked about, had a question about Hodgins. So hopefully we uh, answered your question earlier. Um, at Nolan Kaysen asked, is there any way AP redshirts? Do you see Art Pierce redshirting? And I say no on that. No, they love him. Yeah, he's he showed some good stuff as a true freshman. Um, if you were, I mean, if you're redshirting because it's so deep, you redshirt Calvin Tyler. You save that talent and redshirt him now. I, I don't think you redshirt AP. Uh, Tyner will be gone after this year, and then Ryan Nall. You know, if he has a good year, I don't think he's going to leave early, but. You'd have Tyner, you'd have AP, and then you would throw Tyler into that mix next year. Is Johnson gone after one year? Is he two? Yeah, he's a one and done. Okay, so you'd have Tyner and Johnson gone, and I know they have other players stacked Tyner, that Tyner, they'll too. be applying for a, a medical hardship for him. He potentially could get that six year back. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, that I mean, that changes things a little bit, but overall, I, I think they like AP too much. Uh, I don't think he'll redshirt. I, I don't think so either. Here's OSU fan 2K. Uh, Blitz says, how game ready is Tyner? He's been away and hasn't played in close to two years. I honestly, I saw him in Bend, and the first couple days in Bend, you know, he, I mean, he was taking some limited touches, and then he busted an 80-yard one. So, um, yeah, he's – and nobody could catch him. Yeah, the only thing I was concerned about was the uh, the weight. He'd clearly added a lot of pounds. He called it fishing – fishing weight, right? Isn't that what fishing he called Fishing weight, it? yeah, his fishing weight. <laughs> yeah, his fishing weight. He clearly was on the boat eating some uh, some bad food. Um, but that was my only concern with him. And I, you know what? I, I fully admit that – for for now, I've I've almost been proven wrong. Now in the game, he still needs to prove it. But 
Um, I, I didn't really have big expectations for him making much of an impact, but he's gotten into camp and, you know, you read the practice reports and you, and you see videos here and there or, or little tweets. And, uh, it sounds like he's making a good impact, a pretty big impact, not only in the locker room and being a teammate, but on the field and how dynamic he is. So is he game ready? I, I think for the most part, you just have to trust if, if he's playing how he is in practice, then yes, he is game ready. I totally agree. And then one other question from uh, Emmert Brad at Beaver Blitz, and it's about uh, recruiting O-line. So I'm glad I'm not the only one that has some yeah. questions there, but we just talked about that. But thank you guys all so much for all the questions. Um, we're, we're going to start uh, adding these uh, damn questions in each week. Yeah. Well, apologies for not doing that the uh, the first couple weeks. True, uh, uh, truly uh, apologize for that. Just, uh, I don't know. We just got lazy, I guess. I don't know. I think we just had so much other stuff to talk about. It was yeah. kind of... But now it's now there's some questions being popped up, so well, it's a good good chance to address them. And now we're in the countdown mode. We have 16 days till they play. Awesome. And by the way, I'm doing Hood to Coast, which we're supposed to get into Seaside that day, and I have to DVR the game. I'm pr- there's a chance I might miss the game or at least miss the first half because I don't know if we'll actually get there by 11:30. It depends when you start. So last year we didn't get there till one or two in the afternoon. Um, but if I can, you know, if it's like second half, I'm going to duck into a watering hole in Seaside and check it out and have to rewatch the whole game on Sunday. So uh, that kind of sucks. I was thinking about that. I was like, I'm not going to be able to like tweet or, you know, respond or maybe I'll just late tweet and not even care. Just, yeah, just turn your phone off for a while. And that's my, my kiddo, the football player, has a jamboree oh. that day. And I don't know the time yet, but um, gosh, I, yeah. That's a tough one. My husband already said, I'll take Jack to his game and, and you can and work. Oh, it's brutal. That's, that's a tough part of my job. The coaches, I feel like the coaches, I know they've, well, suck it up and get ready. I feel like if you ask the coaches, put them truth serum, they'd say they would hate starting August 26. I know it gives them an extra buy uh, that way, but I, I think if you asked them honestly, they wouldn't want to start on the 26th. Yeah, I, it's a rough start. It's a little too starting. early. It is early, but... Maybe it gives them more, you know, I, I know the other side of it is it gets the team maybe focused earlier. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Colorado State is sold out, by the way. That place is going to be rocking. It is going to be rocking. Yeah. And the altitude, I, I don't know. I, Beavers, I, last I saw, were three and a half point underdogs. There you go. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to uh, get to this week? No, I, I, let's listen to the uh, Jason uh, Phillips interview and we'll be back next week. Make sure to check out 1080 The Fan, noon to 3, yep. every weekday, and uh, beaverblitz.com all the time because we don't close. We're yeah. open 24-7. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I'll put the Jason Phillips interview here in just a second. Just a reminder, my co-host is the one actually that intros it in, Andy Johnson. He is, by the way, a Duck alum, but uh, we love both on our radio show in terms of at least talking about and being open-minded to uh, both sides. So uh, Andy Johnson's the one that's going to intro it in. And uh, this is Jason Phillips, the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. We brought him on to ask him about the air raid elements, Jake Luton, etc so uh thank you guys all for the questions great questions angie always fun talking with you and uh we'll see you again uh, next week here's the jason phillips interview
Uh, Coach, thanks for the time today, man. How, how's life in uh, Corvallis treating you so far? Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. Life here has been great so far. You know, obviously, we're undefeated at this point, so it's been great. <laughs> it's, I love that, man. That's, that's a good outlook. So I, <laughs> let's get into this because we've been talking, and, and Gary Anderson has been talking a lot about the air raid offense. There's going to be air right. raid aspects in the offense this year. You're coming over. You're the one that's in charge of this. You're bringing it over. How different is the Oregon State offense going to look from a year ago to this year? Well, I mean, obviously, um, there were some things that Coach Anderson and the rest of the staff, um, Coach McGivitt and Coach Woods and those guys and Coach Baldwin, they were intrigued with some of the stuff that I've been familiar with in my background. And, you know, I don't think this it's going to look that much more uh, different than what you guys may be accustomed to other than, you know, our tempo may be a little bit faster. Um, I mean, we still, we still have a dynamic running game and Ryan Nall and, and AP and with the uh, addition of a couple other guys, we feel very strong about that. But that's one of the things I didn't want to come in here and just kind of overhaul nothing, man, because they've been very successful running the ball and we just want to obviously just tweak the passing game to where it can fit the running game and we can be a little bit more explosive offense. Well, and adding a nuance like uh, having air raid elements is, is not something we obviously have been seeing for Oregon State the last two years with Gary Anderson. You mentioned the tempo part of it. What's that been like for the players in adjusting and picking that part of it? <laughs> Conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously it's something you know, I mean, it's a no-huddle type system. So those guys had to get used to getting back, hustling back to the line of scrimmage to get the call, get lined up, and be ready to play. So it's been a, it's been a very, it's been a positive for both sides of the ball. I think, I think it's been very positive for us offensively and getting our guys to understand the urgency of playing faster to give us an advantage um, against the defense, but also for our defense, you know, and helping those guys get lined up and get calls and clean up some things. So I think it's been a great advantage for us, a great addition. Uh, we're talking with Jason Phillips, passing game coordinator for the Beavers, also the wide receiver coach down at Corvallis, at Coach Phillips underscore uh, on Twitter. Uh, Jake Luton finally named the starter. We were all kind of waiting for when that announcement was going to come, uh, and then it was mm-hmm. officially announced, so he's the guy. H- how has he picked up this offense, and, and what have you liked about working with him so far? Uh, man, I love Jake. Jake's done a tremendous job of just buying his time and learning the things that he needs to learn to to accept that position uh, when it was given to him or when he earned it, I should say. And um, he, he's got a tremendous arm. He's very, very knowledgeable. He's a smart kid. He understands what we're, what we're doing offensively. So, you know, it, it's, it's a pleasure for receivers when you know you got a guy back there that can get you the ball. And, and I think our guys are, are running around. They're excited about him. And, 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 they're, and he's excited about them as well because, I mean, it just makes things that much more easier in the passing game when you have a quarterback that can obviously stretch the field. What's uh, What's been the reaction from the wide receivers having somebody like you walk in and not only coach them as a group, <laughs> but say, hey, guys, I'm looking to get you some more balls this year, just the excitement level of the wide receivers? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're right out in Bushytail. I mean, you know, all those guys <laughs> in the room, man, they, they come to work every day, and they're excited about the opportunity that's before them now. And, you know, the fact that we're bringing some things different, I mean, they, they, it's, a, it's a wide receiver's dream. I mean, that's, that's something that obviously I was very uh, privy to be a part of as a player and as a coach here recently. So those guys are very excited about what we're doing. Well, we saw what Seth Collins is able to do as a receiver last year. We know what Jordan Villeman is capable of doing. I think a lot of people <laughs> wonder about Isaiah Hodgins, coach. The freshman on campus, he's already been named as uh, the starter. What's uh, what's the freshman, what's the learning curve for him been like, and what's the expectation for you guys as a staff for him his first year? Well, I mean, obviously, we, won't, we don't want to put too much pressure on him. I mean, the good thing for Isaiah, he's come in, he was here in the spring, so that was an advantage for Isaiah. 
and, and the things that he's doing now is just obviously carryover from spring football. I mean, he's going to be an exciting player to watch. You know, I'm, I'm excited that he's here. I'm excited to work with him. Uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Now, Seth Collins and Jordan Villeman, those guys obviously are, are pillars in this in this system, in this offense, and, and for this university. So, you know, those guys have been done a great job of inviting Isaiah in, accepting Isaiah, and, and Isaiah is a promising talent, and I look forward to seeing him play this year. We're talking with wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator for the Beavers, Jason Phillips. Give him a follow on Twitter at Coach Phillips uh, underscore. What, what's this offseason been like for you as a coach? Because it feels like the schedule is all sorts of screwed up because you're starting on August 26th. So fall camp starts a little bit earlier. Spring practice is all over the place. What's the schedule been like for you following along as a, as a coach? Uh, well, actually, you know, it's, it's like any other schedule, any other place I've been, really. I mean, there's such, there's no off days, guys. I don't understand why people think we are on vacation. We don't, we don't, take, we don't take vacation. Like I always tell people, your record indicates how much time you have off. So we haven't had much time off. We're, we're building a program and we're building a system here, and uh, we're in developing kids, as Coach Anderson has always talked about. So we, we've been very busy this off season, making sure that our program is headed in the right direction, and the kids understand that. Uh, for me personally, just hey man, I'm learning how to ride bikes. You know, I'm I'm getting around and commuting on bikes, and it's been great. And I was at the bike shop yesterday, getting some accessories for my bike, and so man, it's 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 been great. You weren't doing that in Lawrence. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> well, I, I'm curious, though. I, I know you weren't here, but I'm sure you've been filled in at this point on that staff. Yeah, last year, it was a little bit of a question mark. The, the horses up front, their offensive line, and they figured it out towards the end of the year, and they lose some valuable experience. What's the line looked like? If you're going to be adding more passing elements to this offense, you're going to need the right horses to protect a guy like Jake Luton. What's the offensive line been looking like in practices, Coach? I, I think Coach Woods has done a tremendous job as far as preparing those guys for what we're doing system-wise now as far as the passing game, I should say. Um, the passing game, obviously, the philosophy is also to assist those guys. So we want to get the ball. I want to recognize defenses a lot faster or keep defenses honest, uh, keep them vanilla, and then get the ball out quickly. So that, that kind of aids in, in their process or their development process. But, you know, I, I mean, I haven't not haven't, I wasn't here last year, but I haven't seen any downside to the offensive line. I mean, I, I think those guys are doing a tremendous job. They've done a great job this, this spring protecting them and they've done a great job this camp protecting them it's just one of the things where it's an ongoing process you know guys need to understand that they need to continue to get better every day and uh, that way it ensures that we reach our goals that we set you know, there's a lot of optimism, it feels like, around this program, the way they ended last year uh, with the, winning the last two games, ending the drought in the Civil War, and then a lot of talent coming back. Jake Luton named the start. A lot of optimism, a lot of positivity, feels like in Corvallis. But w- what are the couple of weaknesses that you really want to see uh, either your group at the wide receiver position or the offense as a whole work on here in the next couple of weeks before you kick things off against Colorado State? Well, I think everybody here, you know, is, is looking for death. You know, I think we all need in every position, not just my position and not just on offense, but on defense and special teams. You know, I think the thing that we really need to, you know, hone in on and get better at, and we're doing so, is special teams. And then finding the, finding the right depth, you know, because it's a long season. I mean, we're starting early. we got an early game. It's a long And so, you know, there's going to be times where guys are going to have to come in and spell guys. So I think the, the, the weakness right now is just finding guys that we can rely on from a depth standpoint. Does the depth change at all for you guys at running back if you're adding elements where the back is expected to go out into the flat? Like a guy like Tyner, who has some experience from Oregon, his previous stop, uh, back there and going out and making some catches. Ryan Nall proven in the in his in his past that he can do it. Does the depth change at all with running backs with the system? 
No, I think I think the the, the the thing that you know with the depth that we do have, as mentioning those guys along with the freshman Calvin, um, Tyler, and AP, and, and a couple of other guys. I mean, it just it just aids the process. I mean, now we're able to you know rotate backs, um, and we feel very confident in all four or five backs. You know, it's, um, Trey Johnson, another transfer kid from TCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, those five guys, we feel very confident. And then those guys being in there at any given time. So, I mean, that just adds to the weaponry of the offense, in my opinion. And uh, the last question I have for you, Coach, is you guys do have Colorado State, and it's going to be a tough opener, and it's August 26th. Would you prefer to play a program like Colorado State that's looking to have a better season than last, and it's a tough environment versus maybe playing what some would classify as a cupcake? (laughs) <laughs> man i know coaches you know, don't like that but you know. <laughs> i don't think there's any cupcakes in college football i mean you watch you watch college football over the years of recent last recent years i mean everybody's capable of getting beat if you don't if you go out there and don't prepare the right way i think the thing that we have to focus on is ourselves and whoever they schedule for us in opening games or whatnot or however non-conference games you know it's, it's still our responsibility to go out there and, and respect our opponent and play the game the way we want to play the game from our side so I'm excited about the fact that we're playing Colorado State. Obviously, they've done a great job with their program. They're opening their stadium. Uh, they're a bowl team from last year, so they deserve a lot of respect. I mean, there's no, I don't, no, no cupcake at all in that deal. I mean, I think they're a very affordable uh, opponent, and, and we need to be prepared to play that game. There you go. Great stuff. Jason Phillips is his name, passing game coordinator for the Oregon State Beavers, also the wide receiver coach. And a fun fact on his Twitter profile, the uh, NCAA <laughs> leader in receptions in 1987-1988. Yeah, that was a lot of hard work. Yeah, <laughs> you got a humble brag. You got, stuff you like got that, to, coach. man. Not many people can claim that. Love it, man. Jason, give him a follow on Twitter at Coach Phillips underscore Jason. We really appreciate the time, man. Best of luck this season. We love chatting with Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Look forward to it. Take care.